Amen and amen. Okay, so let me kind of give you guys a little spiel of what's happening here right now, okay? I have a message for you guys. It's called Made with Purpose, because you are made with a purpose. But there's just something in me that I think God's going to do something, and he's going to speak beyond what's in the pages of, of my book. And I'm going to ask you guys to do something right now, okay? Stay tuned in. Because I think the Spirit of God's going to touch you right where you're at. And I do have many conversations. I was like, man, how did you know? I don't know. <laughs> he knows. He's the one that's reading your mail. I'm not reading your mail, okay? And I want you guys just to be sensitive to what God has for you. Because here's the truth. You are all made with a purpose. When God knitted you in your mother's womb, you were made with the purpose. The situations maybe you came out of, maybe childhood or what you're going through now, doesn't identify you or dictate whether you have purpose or not. God says you were made with a purpose. Maybe, you, maybe parents might have said, well, you were an accident. No, because with your Heavenly Father, you were made on purpose and with a purpose. And let me tell you something. When we build something on earth... Whether it's a birdhouse or a clock or a room or we do something with our hands and we finish it. That accomplishment feels so good. Feels so good. You know, and, and I just envision, I envision my, uh, my heavenly father doing that in my life. And he's, he's knitted me in my mother's womb and he's continuing to build in my life as I continue to help build for the kingdom of God. It's just that sense of accomplishment, that, that pleasingness to a father. And I can sense that in my God. You know, maybe for some guys, I know my, my brother-in-law, he's a, he's a very good chef. He really is. Like one of my favorite. He makes a mean toast. You know what I'm saying? Okay. That wasn't funny. Fine. Okay. But he really is a good cook. He really is a good, he's a good cook. No, and I love, whenever we go to the family, I, I always ask. Mighty thinks this is rude, but I just want to know, hey, who, who made it? Who made it? Miguel made it. Okay, awesome. I'm ready, you know. But he, my, all my family cooks really good. But when he makes something, I can see the accomplishment. And he watches you. And he's like, how was it? It was, man, it was phenomenal. The accomplishment, yes, that's all he needed. Because he built something with his hands over the stove. Okay, he did something. My wife, she makes some mean chili. Like the chili. Who's had my wife's chili before? A couple of you guys. Okay, you're all missing out, all right? But one day, we were just hanging out. It was years and years ago, okay? And she's like, okay, our covers were a little thin. I think we might have been in Bible school at the time. Our covers were thin. You know, we're living off of ramen noodle. We're just praising Jesus, fasting every day. You know, <laughs> that's when you get spiritual, when you don't have food in the cover. Just fast. That's all you got to do. Just fast. <laughs> no, but on a serious note, like, she was, we were like, okay, what do we do? She put this thing together, and poof, chili came out. And when I ate it, oh, my goodness. And she still makes it today. And sometimes we'll give some, sometimes, all right? We'll give some to friends. <laughs> Chili, man, I'm telling you, it's hard to share that. <laughs> but sometimes we'll give it to friends and they'll do it or they'll, they'll, they'll try some and they absolutely love it. And they're like, hey, I need some more. Uh, we had a friend last week, I think it was, text her, say, hey, what's your recipe? And she gave the recipe. And I'm like, are you sure? She's like, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so she gives the recipe of the chili, and they, you know, they have, they're all excited and everything. Well, I think it was the next morning. I don't know if you asked or they, they, they called back, but it, someone, someone asked, or Mighty Mighty said, hey, how, how was it? Oh, it wasn't the same. And I'm like, yeah, you know. <laughs> here's why. Here's why. Okay, here, here's why. Okay, because there is one ingredient they cannot put in there. And I mean this with all my heart. I'm not even joking. She puts her, she doesn't like this. She puts her love in that. She knows that it's going to fill my belly. And she's like, yeah, she knows that. that's where his heart's at. So she's going to, now here's the thing, though. 
You know, oh, there's a lot of good chili out there. And if you're thinking, well, my chili's better, you're in pride right now. I'm just <laughs> Everyone's got good chili. I'm joking around right now. But here's the thing. I know it's because of that ingredient that really kind of satisfies, at least me, it's, it's become one of her main dishes that we have. Our kids love it. Our family, friends love it. They ask sometimes when we do um, like a potluck-style deal, that, hey, can you bring your chili? She's like, yeah, no problem. She'll bring the chili. Um, and it's just a good time. But there's that accomplishment I know she's satisfied with that because she made this masterpiece uh, in a bowl and heated it up, and it's so good. And I, I, I look at that because how much our Heavenly Father in our personal lives, when we surrender and submit everything to him, the accomplishment he feels as that's my child. I knitted her or I knitted him. And I said how he was going to do this and look what he's doing. The had accomplishment in your heart. You know, Paul, in the book of Ephesians, Paul reminds the church about how God made them. And Paul reminds us as well, too, how God made us. He says in Ephesians 2.10, he says, for we are God's handiwork. We are God's handiwork. There's other translations. They would say, we are God's masterpiece. Who went to Art Prize lately? A lot of us, right? A lot of us went to Art Prize. I mean, all these cool sculptures and paintings, and some of it was questionable. I'm like, oh, that's, that's pretty graphic, but okay. But they all, like, when you hear these artists when they're doing stuff, here's the thing. They put their all their effort. They put all their love. They knew the story behind it. I mean, they had so much detail. And at the end of it, they're like, okay, vote for me. You know, they'll do this whole deal because it's my masterpiece, you know. And when you think about our Heavenly Father who made you, 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 he put all his effort. He put all his love. He put all his blood in you and said, this is my masterpiece that I've created with my two hands. It's something about doing it with your own hands that makes it feel so good and personal. You know, for instance, I got to build um, a couple of rooms in my downstairs area. I had some friends help me out, but at the end of the day, I did a lot of it, and I love it because when I moved my daughters into their new room, um, my oldest daughter comes up to me and says, Dad, I love my room. I'm like, awesome. You know, I'm just not really thinking about it. She goes, because you built it. And I'm like, what? You know, talk about tearjerker. Like, what else do you want, baby? What else do you want me to build? <laughs> I got it. <laughs> but there was just something about the two hands, the accomplishment. And you think about the, the, the hands of the Father <laughs> knitting you and putting you together and saying, I'm going to name you. And he, there you are. I'm going I'm to make sure your, your purpose is. And he does that. There's just something. And Paul reminds us of that. He says again, for we are God's handiwork, his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. There's the purpose. You're created. Your purpose is to do good works for his kingdom. Now, check this out, church, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He prepared in advance for us to do. In Christ, we have been given purpose. We have been given something to do. And guess what? He gave it us everything in advance in our life so we can advance his kingdom in this life. He gave it to us in advance. So those times when you feel like, well, I just don't know how to do it or I'm not quite there, I'm not equipped. <laughs> he prepared you in advance so you can do it when he says now's the time. You know, I, I remember uh, before I took this lead position here at church, I've always, this has always been my church home, by the way. If you did not know this, Maddie and I actually accepted Jesus Christ here in this room. We were way back there hiding. 
And Jesus said, hey, you come here, you know. And it was one of those things at the time we used to have to raise our hands and they used to call us forward. I didn't know that. I wish they warned me, you know. But I raised my hand when, when it was time for Jesus, you know, to come to Jesus. And I remember the pastor saying, come up here. And I'm like, what? That wasn't the deal, you know. And I'm like, okay, well, at least I'm not going to be alone in this. I'm the only one that stands up. And I look around. No one's around. And I walk and I'm crying. And I'm like, now everyone's watching me, you know. And God's impacting my heart. And I walk right here. And I'm like, anybody? You know, this is, nope, you're alone. He's like, this is totally on me. But here's the thing. It, it, that, was a, that was a plan. That was a purpose that was for my life. And God equipped me at that point. And long story short, we end up journeying the Bible school. We end up uh, coming back, impacting the generations for years, leaving for a very, very, very short season, about three, four months, coming back as a lead pastor because God designed all this. But this is where I was going with the story, okay? Right before... I, I transitioned out to that very small season. I had to have, go through an interview process because I, I took a children's position. And let me tell you something. I don't care if it's ministry. It's still intimidating in those rooms when they ask you questions and you're in an interview. Okay? And I walk in there. I remember sitting down and there's three people. It was like the head honcho, HR, and the former you know, position that was there. They all had the red pens. It's red. Okay? And that's when it's serious. And I remember like, man, I'm nervous. Like all of a sudden, the like, nervous came on me. Right? And I was sitting there, and they asked me all these questions, and I'm just, you know, giving them uh, what God put in my heart. And then they asked me this final question, and they said, hey, what are your goals in five to ten years from now? You know, what do you, what do you see yourself doing later? And I looked at them, and I said, honestly, I don't have goals that I am pursuing, but I know goal, there are goals in my life that God wants me to get to. And can I share one of those things he's dropped in my heart? And they're like, yeah, sure. And I says, I believe one day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead a church. Or I might church plan or something. But I think that's 10 years from now. You know? That's exactly what I said. I'm not joking. I think that's because I'm not ready is what I said. Three months later, you know what I'm saying? I'm here in this position. What God was doing was he was preparing me in advance. It's just my mind, my, my thoughts, what I thought was, was saying, well, I'm not ready. And let me tell you something. When five years comes, I guarantee I would have still said, hey, in another 10 years from now, I probably will get there. Because we feel like we're never ready. We feel like we're never ready. But God's word says this. I prepared you in advance. I gave it to you in advance so you can do stuff for the kingdom of God. And you need to remember that. And so those battles that you face in your mind of, well, do I have the tools? Can I do it? Do you have Jesus, yes or no? Then you got everything you need. Bottom line. It's the Holy Spirit within you that's dwelling within you that you're able to do so. Whether you're working in a factory job or an office or maybe you're a doctor or a dentist or a lawyer or maybe, maybe you're doing something out there. If you have Christ and you give it all to Christ and the Spirit of God living in you, you have been activated. You have this stuff to do advanced, to advance his kingdom in those dark areas. And I want you, church, to understand it doesn't take a microphone, it doesn't take a platform, and it doesn't take lights to do God's work. Because let me tell you something, this is not what I do. This is a piece of what I'm supposed to be doing on a Sunday. But what I do is I gave my life to Christ, and, I, and my platform is my heart. And everyone's going to see that every single day. We just do this to gather together on a Sunday. So Paul says uh, that, that God prepared us in advance to do his work. God is simply wanting you to understand that there is a purpose and he wants to reveal that to you. You know, for you men, when we're doing this conference, that was one of the things that just dropped in Pastor Danny's heart. He says, I just want these men to understand they, they, they got a purpose. And then all of a sudden the theme came, purpose revealed. Why not? Purpose revealed. And that's why we, we, if you 
catch that? There are going to be so many things, and you're going to see so many things from God's perspective in your life, and it's going to be so good. You think about Jesus, and he's walking this earth. Okay, when you look through the, the, the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see Jesus walking this earth. And what he's doing is not, he's not only just loving and extending and giving salvation and, you know, bringing people to Christ and restoring, but he's revealing purpose everywhere he goes. I mean, you think about it for a second. <laughs> he's sitting at a well. He's thirsty. And the Samaritan woman comes in. And at the time, if you know culture, at that time, Jews and Samaritans, they don't associate, they don't talk. There's like this invisible fence between them every time they encounter each other. But Jesus knocked that fence down and built a bridge and said, here's, here's the deal, okay? And says, I'm thirsty. <laughs> That's the deal. And so kind of, kind of, it was like the icebreaker of the conversation. He knew what was going to happen, but he was building that bridge for that lady to come to salvation, and after the whole story goes in, they, he, he reveals this purpose for her life. You're not supposed to associate with me. Oh, this is only a Jewish thing. No, no, this is for all nations now. This is for everyone now. Because resurrection life is here. <laughs> and when you get that understanding, you'll see what Jesus was doing was he was revealing purpose for her life to the point where the Bible said she ran back to the village and told everybody, I think I just met the Christ. I just think I met Messiah. His name is Jesus. You know, and it's kind of like, huh? He revealed purpose in her life to the point where she shouted out. She forgot about culture. For that moment, she forgot about culture. Culture didn't define her no more. Kingdom defined her now. You have that same thing, people. You have that. It's, it's made with a purpose. Jesus revealed purpose everywhere he went. Um, you even see it all the way to the cross, even when he's hanging there. And he's in, in, in our... He's in our we are in his thoughts and in his heart, and he gives his life through death till resurrection. He is revealing purpose in people's life to the point where Jesus says this in Matthew. Now, let me actually let me set up the scenario. Jesus is about to ascend. This is it, all right? He's going, the resurrection happened. He's about to go into heaven, and the next time he's going to come back is the day he comes back, okay? And so he's ascending, and he's telling his disciples these last words, and he's revealing purpose in their life. He's pretty much saying, you can do this. You're going to do more than what I did here on earth. It's called the Great Commission, and he's investing in his purpose, and they're watching Jesus go up. And I don't know why, but I envision a little kid looking at a balloon. <laughs> and this is floating away. And then when you don't see the balloon, they're still doing this. And then you look, what are you looking at? <laughs> My balloon. <laughs> you know, you know I, I don't know why I think about that. But I see these disciples watching him to the point where the clouds hit Jesus and you don't see him anymore. I'm pretty sure they kept staring because it says angels came and says, hey, <laughs> he's not there anymore. You know, and then they encourage him. But what Jesus was doing as he was ascending, he was revealing and reminding purpose to his disciples. And he says this, therefore, as he's going, okay, last words coming out of his mouth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Remember that fence that was there? Tore it down. He built the bridge for all people, okay? Of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, check this out. And teaching them purpose. He wants them to do something now. Good works. Remember good works earlier? Purpose, okay? And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And I surely, and sorry, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Has the age ended yet? Nope. What does that mean? He's still with us today. 
He is still with us today. And what Jesus wants us to do is continue that great work because he says there's purpose for your life. So those moments, again, where you feel like I'm, I'm, I'm counted out, I'm counted out. I don't know what God's doing in my life. You have purpose. It's just you have to readjust your focus on him and start maybe listening to him. Maybe you've encountered a person that feels like it's over, it's done. All they need to hear from you is his good news so they can realize, oh, wait, I have that too? I have that purpose too? Because that scripture is not just talking to pastors. He's not just talking to leadership. He's talking to all the people that called on the name of Jesus. And guess what, church? I know you so well. That's you guys. That's you guys. That's all of you guys. I want you to listen to this really closely, okay? You called on the name of Jesus. I know that already, okay, about you guys. But you are also commissioned by Jesus to go and make disciples. So that means after Sunday service, because we're not going anywhere. We're staying in our seats right now. But you're going to walk out of those doors in a second. You're going to go, and you're going to ask God, how, how, you know, how do you want me to do this? He'll give you the steps in every way. But he says, go and make disciples. But I also want you to ask this question. Am I doing that, God? Am I doing that on my, in my life during out the week with family, with friends, with coworkers? Am I, God? Because he wants you to go and make those disciples. You're also called to teach them everything that Jesus taught you. Now, I want you to hear me closely. Because the fact that you know everything about the Bible doesn't disqualify you from being a teacher, okay? Because a lot of conversations I have is I just don't know much about the Bible. Me neither, people. I, I, I got the Spirit of God, and I'm still learning, and I'm going to continue to grow my knowledge. But here's the thing. Do I have all the answers? Nope. Do I know who the answer is? Yep. It's the same thing with you guys, with me as well. Jesus just wants us to teach the people that are arms rich around us what we already were taught by him. And whatever, and maybe it's just like I, I just know to give my life, you know, daily and, 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 and do more than just a devotion, but to give him all my acts and my habits and everything I do. Maybe it's just that. Then give that to somebody else to learn because you know already. Jesus says you have a purpose, and everywhere you go, he promises he will be with you. In Isaiah 41.10, Isaiah says this, Don't be afraid, or God through the prophet Isaiah, Don't be afraid, for I am with you, is what God says. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. Okay, And he says, I will straighten you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. I, this is what I want to do. I'm going to give you guys two things, two, uh, two benefits. I want you guys to write this down. Two benefits when you understand I have purpose. I have been made with a purpose. And the first one is your purpose comes with his presence. I'll say that again. When you understand, okay, I got Jesus in my heart, Spirit of God is within me, I want to be Spirit-led by Him, you'll understand that you have purpose, that your purpose comes with His presence. And I think the perfect example is Moses in the Bible, in the book of Exodus. Now, if you don't know who Moses is, read the book of Exodus, but he's the guy that God called to lead all the slavery, the Israelites, out of Egypt into freedom. Okay, and they wandered in the wilderness for a while. But he was the guy that went to the Pharaoh and the king and all the officials and said, let 
my people go. And the long story short, they end up leaving. They, a lot of miracles happen. But here's the thing. They're journeying now through this wilderness. And they're going through some tough times. And let me be honest with you, those Israelites started doubting a lot. They were in freedom already. But they were grumbling is what the Bible said. They weren't satisfied. They started talking to the point was, well, we had it better in Egypt because at least we got to eat what we wanted to eat. I mean, that's, that's slavery mentality. And God says, I've given you freedom. You see, God provided for them for the day, every day, a healthy, healthy, heavenly diet. But they wanted something different. And going through this whole journey, God keeps talking to Moses. They have these, these sessions together. They keep talking with each other to continue to lead their people this way and that way. And then there's a part where God and Moses literally are sitting down and they're talking, okay? And let me, let me say something. Sometimes we look at this as very mystical. Oh, man, you know, this, this little cloud hovered. and I, I don't know how it looked, but I'm pretty sure it was very personal. That they, it, was, it was no difference than me and my wife sitting next to each other and talking to each other. That's how God and Moses were. And Moses is understanding, okay, God, you're making me go here and there, and you want me to lead these people here. But then he starts questioning, like, God, are you coming with me, though? Like, I need your presence. I need your presence. Check it out. Moses says this in Exodus 33, 15. Moses said, if your presence doesn't take the lead here, if he doesn't take the lead, if you don't take the lead here, call this trip off. I'm done, pretty much. Call it off. See, Moses was looked up to. He was a leader. He was the, the man who, who led all millions of people out of slavery. But even Moses himself understood, I'm number, not number one. You're number one. I'm being led by you. And he says, and if you don't go with me, call it off. Call it off. Continue on. How else will it be known that you're with me in this, with me and your people? Are you traveling with us or not? You see the urgency in Moses' heart? He was just wanting to make sure, God, I can't do this without your presence. If you want me to go, I, you got to come with me. Show me your presence. Go is what God says. How else will we know, uh, how else will we know that we're special? I and your people among all other people on the planet Earth. And later on, God tells him he goes with him. But you have to understand that Moses had purpose, but he understood that he needed his presence, that his presence was going to go with him if his purpose was going to be fulfilled. And Moses wasn't also just driven by, 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 by purpose, but he was also driven by God's presence and everywhere he went. You know, I, I think of a story. Um, it was my last days in Bible school. We were living in Tulsa, Oklahoma for four years. We honestly thought that was home. We said, okay, Michigan, you've been good. You've been real. We love you. I'm going to miss the snow. I'm going to miss the cold weather. My wife's like, no, 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 no. Don't bring that devil stuff up here. <laughs> I'm just joking. But we were just, you know, but we felt like this was home. We were working on ministry over there. I was working with youth. She was, we were both actually working on with youth. Um, she was working in partner services, kind of partnered up with other ministries. I was working in, in, like, the ground side of things, making sure the campus looked good. We got to the point where I was supervisor. I'm, I mean, we're, we're working our way up. We have our first son. Our Joshua's born over there. He's my little Oki. He's the only Oki that we have. And, uh, you know, so life is there. We know a lot of people. We're involved with our church. And then God puts in my heart, it's time to move back to Michigan. And I'm like, What? It's time to move back to Michigan. And I remember sitting down with my wife, and I said, Madi? She's like, yes, good day, right? I think it's time to move back to Michigan. Jesse, I love you, but I think you're hearing the devil. <laughs> Not joking. That's what she said, because we were so set. 
we had goals. We were like, we were looking for a house. Like, that's just how set we were. We wanted to take roots. I was already looking at school systems. I'm like, what is schools about? And I was excited, but God had called us back. And it was a little, it was a little tough between her and I because she wasn't too sure. And I remember sitting with God and I said, God, if this is you, then you need to, to talk to my wife, number one, but you need to let me know that you're going to be there too when I come to Michigan. I need your presence. I see the purpose, but your presence needs to be with me. And it was there. And it was there. Obviously, we're here, right? <laughs> It'd be funny if I said, and we stood there, you know? <laughs> huh? How do I write that in my notes? My purpose, Marty's purpose, came with God's presence. It was a hand-in-hand deal. And sometimes we question that because of our, 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 our thoughts, our temporal thoughts, our natural thoughts. But God is a supernatural God. And God says, hey, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My, my thoughts are higher and more superior than yours. And maybe you won't understand, but watch my presence go with you. And we're here today continually serving God. And it was a God thing because Mighty said, let's go back to Michigan. You know, it was an awesome thing. But, but here's the thing. Your purpose comes with God's presence. It comes with it, okay? And the last one is this. Your purpose comes not just with his presence, but with his authority. Some of you guys are like, what do you mean? His authority has been given to you. That's why we teach and we show you what the scripture says. Use the name of Jesus Christ. Let me put an illustration to this one, okay? If a police officer came up to you, or actually walked in the middle of the road, and you're driving your car, and he put his hand up and said, stop, what are you going to do? Now, was it his physical strength that stopped the vehicle? Or was it the authority he had when it was given to him that made you stop? I mean, let's be real for a second, okay? You're driving, you're cruising, the kids are laughing and, you know, maybe fighting a little bit, and a police officer drives by. Quiet back there! Put your seatbelt, sit straight! I mean, it's just, whoop! I'm not alone, am I? (laughs) I'm glad I got all those laughs because now I know I'm not alone. (laughs) You, you even get to the point where if you're going 27 out of 25, you make sure you're going 24. Like, that's just, that's just how into, because of the authority that they have. I mean, it could be anybody else, but the moment the authorities come and get involved, you're like, whoa, okay, check myself for a second. You have authority in the supernatural realm. When you get attacked by the enemy, you use the name of Jesus Christ. And no, uh-uh, in Jesus' name, no, 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 no. And guess what the devil does? Quiet, we're quiet. Sit up. He's right here. He's using his story on me. <laughs> I can't take any more of this being it. That's what he's doing. That fear, that trembling. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ is activated, the authority, your purpose comes with authority. <laughs> we need to exercise it more. You know, sometimes we go through these attacks and these things, and I mean, I, my wife and I recently, we're just in something, and we had to use our authority. It took a long time, and we're like, man, and I remember just saying, what, what is the deal in Jesus' name? No, devil, you will no longer touch this, 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 and this. I bind you for my home. I bind you for my kids. I bind you for my marriage. I bind you for my finances in Jesus' name. And I, then I call down heaven, angels, I charge you, not you, angel, but I charge you, angels, to come and surround my home and protect it because this, these, these little attacks in hell are trespassing and they don't belong here. And guess what the enemy does? <laughs> Gets away. 
Your purpose comes with his, with his authority. You need to just speak it out. In Mark 1, 21 and 22, Jesus himself, he's recruiting these disciples. He's got four of them, two sets of brothers. He's got four of them, and he's going, you know, place to place. And check out what he says in Matthew, or sorry, Mark 1, 21 and 22. It says, Jesus and his companions, those are the four disciples, went to the town of Capernaum. When the Sabbath day came, he went into the synagogue and began to teach. His mouth was open. Now check this out. He's teaching people, but look what verse 22 says. That the people were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority. Authority. He knew he was the son of God. And when he spoke, even he didn't have to say, I'm the son of God. He just spoke, and there was something that shook him inside. And they realized, oh, my goodness, man, this guy, is, that's real authority. Because these people, you got to understand, they hear teachings almost every day. Because check this out. It says, quite unlike the teachers of the religious of the law. So that shows they were listening to stuff. But when Jesus spoke, man, there's some authority behind that. When you speak truth and the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ, let me tell you something. Authority is coming out of your mouth, and it's going to shake the people in your life to the, for the good in their life. And they're going to go, man, what is this that you teach? And what, what is this? Because there's something about it. I love how you speak. I love how you teach. I love how you show me this. It has nothing to do with you people or me. It is just the authority that came with the purpose. The authority that came with the purpose. The prophet Isaiah just spoke so much truth. And this is the one scripture I meditate on almost on a daily basis because it encourages and stirs up in me. And I'll close it with this scripture. Isaiah 61.1 says that the spirit of God, the master, okay, is on me because God has anointed me. God anointed me. He sent me to preach the good news to the poor. Not poor in money, poor in heart. They don't have a savior. They don't have the, the, the gift of righteousness. But I'm here and appointed by God. By the way, the word anointed is you've just been chosen. Okay? You've been chosen to speak good news to these people. To bring them the riches of God. The love of God. Because he needs you to advance his kingdom. Purpose. With authority, with presence. Purpose is what gets you going through the day to the next. Don't forget that, church. Let's close our eyes and bow our head.